0: It's the Doggast, episode number 71. All right dog fans, it's the Dogcast episode number 71, your global news service about bulldog football, bringing you everything you need to know. Old dog, we bring them everything they need to know and nothing they don't.
1: That's right. If we don't talk about it, they don't need to know it.
0: Yeah, you got it right, man. You read my mind, baby. We're coming to you from the bunker live from underneath Sanford Stadium. And this is the pregame show for the University of Colorado Buffaloes versus the University of Georgia Bulldogs. Old dog, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, but not a whole lot of bulldog, not a whole lot of buffalo information.
1: No, they're really is not You know, the buffalo was near extinction, and uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a whole lot going for it this week either. They're still near extinction. To rest.
0: Well, listen, I'll tell you the first thing I want to talk about. Before we get into breaking the game down and like and keys to the victory against the 114th-ranked offense in the country, let's talk about the officiating for the past couple weeks. This is something we've had. I've gotten some emails, and, old dog, I know this is something that's kind of near and dear to your heart. What about the officiating in last week's Georgia UAB game, the LSU Auburn well, I game? Mean,
1: I tell you, it even goes back further than that. I mean, I you know, we were sitting together – at the South Carolina game up in section 507, which is something that apparently no one in Williams-Price Stadium wanted Georgia fans to know where their sections were.
0: (laughs) It's a a low-oxygen environment.
1: Uh. That's a whole different story there. (laughs) But, you know, I leaned over to you, and I guess at one point in the third quarter, and said this is without a doubt the worst officiated game I have seen in my life. I mean, it was like, Their pockets were sewn up on pass interference when South Carolina would interfere with us, and all we had to do was breathe a little too heavy on one of their receivers, and damn, out came the flag. And lo and behold, here a couple days later, Steve Spurrier sees it in an entirely different way, and he complains publicly about it. You know, which I guess he's going to get fined. I don't know what the SEC does, but apparently, you know, from both sides, no one is happy with the officiating. And then in this game that we had last week, you know, on a kickoff, just an absolutely blatant miss call. I mean, the ball bounced high in the air, I think about the 25 or so. The guy jumps up from UAB, catches it inbounds, and then jumps out of bounds. The official there looks at it, kind of in wonderment, I guess, for a second, <laughs> throws the flag and says, you know, that it went out of bounds.
0: That we kicked the ball out of bounds, put it on right. the 35. And,
1: you, know, we either, you know, they either get it on the 35 or they back us up 10 yards when we kick again or whatever it is. But, I mean, you know, and I watch the game on uh, TV, too. I tape it off of CFS and watch it. You know, and the announcers were, you know, Buck Blue and this other kind of dorky-looking kid, you know, were saying, you know, what in the world are they doing? You know, I mean, it was just a blatant miscall, and I guess that's something that, you know, can't be reviewed, or if it was, they would have gotten it wrong. But, you know, I think the worst call that I have ever seen was, and I have no dog in that hunt at all, was between the Oregon-Oklahoma game. I mean, I don't like Bob Stoops. He was close to the evil one and part of the evil empire. He was like the Darth Vader to <laughs> the emperor.
0: <laughs> he was the Darth Vader to Steve Spurrier's Darth Before he
1: went off to form his own evil empire there in the Midwest. Right. But but they absolutely got jobbed. And, you know, I no doubt that it looked like a packed 10 home cooking. Well, did point. you hear... But, i see, what well, the you know, and, and I heard what the I heard what the replay official said. Yeah. Which I think he's got to be halfway covering his ass. You know, that he said, Well, you know, I don't get all the angles that they have on TV and, you know, I was getting pressured, you know, to hurry up, hurry up. Man, Man that's hurry up, shit. Just ten minutes. I was sitting here watching the game here in the bunker, and I must have seen five different angles of the same play four times before this guy rendered a decision I know now, you know one if they don't have the technology to tie in to the TV to see what we see get the son of a gun a cell phone so he can call someone with a TV and find <laughs> out what the hell's going on
0: call his because buddy at home and he say hey what's the, the call
1: right because apparently he was the only one in the United States of America that was watching that game that didn't know that that was a bad call. Have you I mean, heard? It was ridiculous. The
0: guy says he's getting death threats now. He's getting death threats. The Pac-10 has sent a letter of apology to Oklahoma. Now you know we were talking about it. Oklahoma. And Bob
1: Stoops is still crying. I know. Just like just like his mentor, who's still crying about Stuff Spurrier. I mean, well, it's ridiculous. You got to let it go. It's hey,
0: clear that it's Colorado. It's
1: You got job, but you could only beat UAB by seven points. You ain't going anywhere, anymore.
0: You ain't going anywhere. You know, anywhere. Get
1: over it. Get over it, and you can't let this hang over your season.
0: That was my we're point. We're not going
1: to let this bad kickoff call hang over ours.
0: You know what I think? The problem is, though, old dog. I think replay has kind of set us back a little bit. You know, I mean, it's it's all, you know, the, you know how the the hierarchy of referees works. The pro referees are pro referees, and the next tier down in skill and you know, in every way you want to call it, are the college referees. And I'm telling you, I think. They've got a problem with this replay because these guys are so scared of making the wrong call that they're actually making more bad calls. I think their head is not in it because they're so worried about being overturned on replay or about looking like idiots. I think they're worried right. and it's causing them to make more bad calls.
1: Right. And and I think in some cases too, you know, they're overthinking it like, you know, and I mean another horrible call. Was in the LSU Auburn game. No, I mean, I've, it was clearly no that, Yeah, the guy clearly contacted and, the receiver
0: before the ball got. I mean, the ball
1: was tipped, yeah, but and, the guy was
0: interfering with the receiver before the, the excuse, tip happened.
1: And the excuse that they used that the ball was tipped. You know, I mean, there was contact before, and if you go along that, if you go along with, with that ruling then, you know, from snap on, you could absolutely mug the receiver all the way down the field and hope somebody tipped the ball.
0: Exactly. As long as as there's a tip somewhere in the
1: play. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter if the contact happens half a second before the ball is tipped or five seconds before the ball is tipped. I mean, it's real easy. You know, if you interfere with the guy before the ball is tipped, it's pass interference.
0: It's real easy. Like you said, it's real clear. I tell you, I don't know what the outcome of that's going to be, but, uh, you know, it's just the kind of thing that's on my mind. And it, it, it's definitely a problem.
1: Well, There's no I, doubt.
0: No doubt I about you, it.
1: It hasn't, you know, you look towards, I think people look towards replay, you know, correcting mistakes. And at this point in time, it seems to have caused nothing but more mistakes. You know, I never thought I'd say this, but I think it would be a good idea just to do away with it, you know, and go with what's called on the field, and let's go from there. You yeah. Know, at least you can do a little bit and move on. Because you know, if you think replay is going to save like you, lot of the fans did.
0: If you're counting on replay you know, to save you, you got a problem.
1: I mean, you can't you can't be it's, depending it's, on it's replay. Taken.
0: Well, i tell you what. Um, I wanted to just, get that out of the way. Like,
1: you know, for the – Right, you know, and for the most part, it just looks like officiating this year has really taken a downturn.
0: Yeah, in every conference, not just the PAC or the SEC. I mean, it's it's everywhere. Um, Right. I tell you, we've got a little bit of news on the injury front. Um, You know, contrary to what I was calling the other day, I was kind of thinking that Mikey Henderson and Momass might sit the Colorado game out just because, just because they can. But actually, it was reported today, or actually in the press conference, that Mo Mass, Muhammad Masakoy, and Mikey Henderson are both going to be ready to go for the Colorado game. The bad news is Mario Raley is out with an elbow injury, okay? So D'Amico Goodman and Chris Durham are going to rotate in for Mario Raley. So we've got, we're going to have those four guys, Mo Mass and Henderson, and Goodman and Durham, you know, playing at flankers this weekend, along with Kenneth Harris.
1: Um, Well, like I say, we are, we are second receiver. And the more experience these guys can get in these tier two games, the better off we are.
0: Hey, did you hear that Chester Adams had this uh, mysterious illness? Did you see where Neil Calloway was talking about that, how they're testing him for all these different kinds of things and they didn't know what was wrong with him?
1: They they
0: figured it out. Do you know what it was?
1: What's
0: that? Stomach ulcers, man. <laughs> they said he's Holy eating cow. too much. They think he's eating too much spicy food, and that's causing him to have stomach ulcers. So they well, got him need on a... to
1: keep him out of the Mexicali Grill, I guess.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, John over at the Mexicali Grill on Broad Street has got it lighting him up. So they're putting him <laughs> on this special restricted diet, and uh, they're going to work on his ulcers. So that's what they're saying. And also, Ray Gant is definitely out. Second
1: straight game. Ray
0: Gant will not play.
1: But we're also well,
0: pretty thick at linebacker right now, too.
1: No doubt. And, I mean, you know, let's get – you know, the way I look at it, let's get everybody healthy for Tennessee. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: And, and the more experience we can get with these younger guys playing, the better off we are.
0: Speaking of receivers, I got a couple things about tight end because – I know you're fond of calling George a tight end university, baby. We're the home. Absolutely.
1: Started by the great Clarence Kay. Clarence The touchdown Kay, machine. The
0: touchdown machine, baby. Well, two things about, run, about tight ends I want to talk to you about. One, Coach Rick, I was at, I was at the uh, Tuesday press conference. Listen to what Coach Rick said. This is a quote. He said, Martrez Milner is a little up and down this year. His blocking in the UAB game, left a little bit to be desired, and his catching is kind of hot and cold. And here's the thing, you know, I know what you think about his catching. His catching's not hot and cold, it's cold all the time. Did you know last year, through the first three games of the season, when we had Leonard Pope, the tight ends had 12 catches for 264 yards and two touchdowns. You know what we got this year? We got Four catches for 60 yards and one touchdown, okay? Yeah. Now, here's the thing that's freaking me out, though, the thing that's bothering me, and I want you to comment on this, old dog. Coach Rick says we have no one on the roster in a position to challenge Martrez Milner for a starting job. Not Tripp Chandler, not Trey Holden, not Naderis Ward. We have nobody on the roster, not a single person, other player, who is in a position to challenge Martrez Milner, and Martrez Milner sucks, by Coach Rick's only em, own admission.
1: It's you know, and and what does that say, you know, about these other guys?
0: What you have know, we like come Chandler. to here?
1: Yeah, and you know, in the Darius Ward, you know, granted the kids are freshmen. You know, but he was supposed to be God's gift to tight ends coming out of California.
0: He really was. And you look at what Chris Durham's doing, No Sean Moreno and uh Matthew Stafford, we've got plenty of freshmen contributing. These kids oh, are yeah. physically capable, they're mentally capable. Now, Darris Ward is not even on the radar screen, dude. They don't even oh, bring I know his it, man. name. It's up.
1: Like, you know, it's like he dropped off. I you know, needed to check, make sure he wasn't uh Killing a drive-by out there in Oaktown before he well, made it to Athens.
0: Well, hell, it's like he's at Hargrave or something. I mean, you know, it's, know it's like it. we're waiting on him to come back from well, somewhere. Well,
1: no, at least if he were at Hargrave, we'd hear about
0: him. I'm telling you. So I, I'm, pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty pissed about our tight end situation right now because, you know, Coach Rick is calling Milner out like he's going to step up. I don't think Milner is capable of stepping up.
1: I think God. we're seeing his
0: best work, and his best work is just crap.
1: I'd like to think he will step up, but I'm with you. I mean, he's had a number of years to step up, and he had not Well, the good
0: news is running backs are picking up the pace. Coach Rick did say that the running backs are willing to be, you know, more active in the checkdowns, more active as outlet receivers. when When the tight end's not there or Stafford's not feeling good about Milner's ability to, you know, catch the ball at all, he's going to the checkoff guys. And we got Danny Ware, Craig Lumpkin, Thomas Brown. They've upped their production in the passing game, and that's where all the tight end passes are going. So, dog fans, well, if you want to know where our tight end passing game went, it went to the running backs. And it's going to continue to stay with the running backs until we get a decent tight end.
1: Well, and it looks like it needs to. I know. Because, you know, as, as you said, we're just getting no production from there at all.
0: Old dog, here's something for you. You know what we talked about in the the UAB post-game show about the Irk Russell halftime video tribute?
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I got a bunch of emails, and people, you know, we got, a bunch of, we got a bunch of dog cast listeners all across the country, and they're all crying because they didn't get to come to the game. Oh, I live in Washington, D.C., or I live in Hawaii, and I don't get to come to the games, you know? Why can't in Antarctica. Why, yeah, I live in Palmer Station, Antarctica. I'm in the Air Force. Why can't I see the Irk Russell tribute? Old dog, let me tell you, the DawgCast, we got it for you. I got a link right in the show notes. All you got to do is go to the website at DawgCast.com, type on the little link right there for Show 71 where it says, Irk Russell Tribute Video, you'll be watching the video, man. Irk Russell Tribute Video was a great thing. They played it on the scoreboard at halftime, and the fans loved it. If you didn't get a chance to go to the game, go to the website, click on the Russell link, and you get to see... Eric russell tribute video
1: it'll bring it'll bring a tear to your eye
0: it'll bring it again tear to just your like
1: eye. we said at the beginning of the show if you need it we've got it for you if we don't have it you don't need it
0: exactly and just as soon as you get finished wiping up those tears of the kleenex say to yourself damn i love the dog cast i love the Absolutely. dog cast it's so great but anyway, so i got the Eric russell video link up okay um Let's talk, oh, I got one more thing for you, old dog. You're going to love this. Danny Verdun Wheeler, there was an article in the uh, Athens Banner Herald. He has taken to wearing these some things. I heard about these months ago, but I didn't know any players were wearing them. He is the only guy on our team wearing these things. He's got these new contact lenses that are made by Nike, okay? And they're actually, they're supposed to enhance the contrast between the green of the grass. And the white of the lines, you're supposed to be able to see the ball in the air better. It's kind of like these super sport lenses, but they're contact lenses
1: for your eyes.
0: But the cool thing about them, old dog, is that they're red, dude. They are freaking red. Oh,
1: wow. So he looks like he's had his photograph taken with a bad camera.
0: He's like a devil, yeah, he's like a devil dog, dude. I mean, he's like a, he's insane looking. I mean, he he like actually scared the running backs for UAB. They were asking him, hey, dude, what's up with your eyes, man? And the coolest thing is, the coolest thing is, Danny Wheeler, he didn't say anything. He just like looked at him, you know, but he didn't say anything, which is even freakier, dude. I mean, he's like staring him down with the red eyes, the evil eye, you know? Oh, man, man. I tell you, I think they ought to be standard issue. Even if you don't need
1: corrective lenses,
0: you ought to just wear no, like plain more. Jane. Just wear plain Jane red eye lenses. I love that, man.
1: There uh, you go. That's cool. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't know anything about it.
0: Oh, I'm telling you. you got to see Danny Wheeler with these daggers. I'm going to try to get a picture of it. Our sideline guy from the, uh, the Dog Nation magazine, I'm going to try to get a picture of of Danny with those with those red lenses in cuz they are bad dude. One more well let's go ahead and take a break old dog. We're going to take a break. Okay. We're going to come back and talk about Colorado. And we got there big we news. Go. We got big news about Ralphie the mascot. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest thing Colorado is bringing to the table oh, this weekend. Oh, Let, absolutely.
1: Let's take a break and we'll be back in a minute. You
2: never had a date to no school dance. This is for you. Time in school when we got free lunch and the cool kids beat us up yes, no. and the rich kids had convertibles and we had to ride the bus 55. like the time we made the baseball team but they still laughed at us the time start. that girl broke up with me cuz i wasn't cool enough Trick To that institute Cause she was breaking down Like the car We had that wooden stock We had the walk To get around. get around And that same year On Christmas Eve Dad went to the store oh, so We checked forget. his room His things were gone We didn't see him no more It always seems those little things, they take the biggest part of me It always seems those little things, they take the biggest part of me It always seems those little things, they take the biggest part of me But I know that those little things, they make the biggest part of me Break down I'm breaking down Break down I gotta maintain
0: All right, dog fans. We're back from the break. Old dog, let's start talking about Colorado. This is why everybody okay. tuned in. The first thing I want to tell everybody about Colorado is about their coach. Their coach is a guy named Dan Hawkins. For you, dog I've heard fans, that
1: name before.
0: You have. That's right, old dog. I remember. Yeah, Dan Hawkins. He co- He's been to Athens before.
1: That's. Was he a student there?
0: No. Believe it or not, old dog. He came to Athens. He's actually been in Sanford Stadium. He was in Sanford Stadium last year with another team, a team I called – I got you.
1: He wasn't – He wasn't a student, but if I remember right, he was taught a lesson.
0: He did get schooled, baby. That's what I'm (laughs) telling you. He got schooled. He brought the number, I don't know, 12 or 8 or 3 or 17 ranked Boise State
1: last year. high Boise State in last year.
0: Ooh, Boise State. You remember our opening game last year, old dog? Everybody was worried, and we were, man, Boise State bringing a high-powered offense to Athens. That's right. And we schooled his ass 48-13. to Well, Old Dog, he's bringing the same offense. He has the same philosophy, and he's installed the same system with Colorado. And you should know, Old Dog, that he's ranked 114 out of 119 teams right now in total offensive production. So, like I said... Colorado's best chance of scoring this weekend is to give the ball to Ralphie. Somehow they've got to stuff the ball under, like, Ralphie's little harness or whatever, the 1,600-pound buffalo they're bringing to Athens, and let him run for a touchdown because that's the only way they're going to see the end zone this weekend.
1: Well, man, I'm glad you could find out some good news or some news on Colorado because I tell you, in researching for the show here tonight, All, everything that you pull up in newspapers, on the internet, wherever, all they do is talk about the damn Buffalo. (laughs) Ralphie this, Ralphie that, (laughs) Ralphie versus Ugga. You know, I mean, you know, they don't talk about players. I mean, the big article, you know, is they're bringing the Buffalo. You know, like the second coming of Sherman or something. Well, hey,
0: it is the first, something that's kind of surprising. This is the first road trip away game that the Buffalo has been to in 25 years.
1: Well, it just proves one thing. Everybody, man or beast, wants to come to Athens.
0: Damn right. Well, he wants to see, wh- he he want, you know, if you're a mascot, if you're a live animal mascot, where is your Hollywood? Where's your Mecca? I mean, the end <laughs> of the line for, for live animal mascots is Athens, baby, because that's where Absolutely. the king that's where the king lives, man. And i
1: tell you what, Ralphie may want to look into seeing if he could purchase one of those uh, mausoleums down here close to the bunker. <laughs>
0: that's right, because if Ralphie, that's where you want to go. It's like where you want to grow when you grow up, you know? It's like a young rock and roll star wanting to go tour Graceland or
2: something.
1: I did think it was funny because since, since the big news is Ralphie, you know, they, they talk to people about it, and apparently Coach Rick, you know, his comment was he's worried that Ralphie's going to tear up the field.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and maybe you know pissed. maybe
1: some of the players will slip on a buffalo chip or something. Yeah. Apparently it's got Coach Martinez a little bit out of joint because he's not going to be able to stand where he normally does. <laughs> you know, because I guess, you know, in case Ralphie tries to stampede or something, it may go. But my favorite line was was our red-eyed Danny Verdun Wheeler, who said he really didn't care where it was. He just wanted to have his picture taken with
0: him. I know it. The (laughs) devil dog, Danny Verdun Wheeler says, I just want to see the buffalo. I want to get up here to the buffalo. He wants to get his picture made. And
1: we need to invite him over for some buffalo steaks after the game. Yeah, he he said, I've had
0: buffalo wings before, but I never had my picture made with a buffalo. (laughs) 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 I'm telling you, man, that kid's crazy. But yeah, and,
1: you know, and and keys to victory, you know, we we don't need to make this segment real long. It's going to be a lot like Western Kentucky. You know, as long as as long as we show up, you know, this game's in the bag, man.
0: Well, coach Rick did say and I mean, I know he's I know he's he did his best impression of the Lou Holtz poor mouth and you know, Colorado is a you know, just a couple of steps away from being a really good team. They're hungry for a win. Beating the number seven team in the country would really, you know, get their program out of the doldrums. Yeah, but like this you is said, bowl
1: game. it you just know, ain't going to happen. It's what they look forward to. No, it, it's not. And, I mean, you know, it, it was kind of like old Vince Dooley used to do. I mean, you know, he was talking up the Richmond Spiders one time. You know, real big, and the best he could say is how good their punter was.
0: Absolutely. You know, they got
1: an All-American punter.
0: Well, speaking of kicking game, the oh, best player sure on Colorado, Colorado even has that. Well, no, the best player on their team is is their kicker. Their place kicker, you know, according to Coach Rick, he says he's as good as Brandon too. So, wow. you know, some papers have said actually the two best place kickers in the country are going to meet in Stanford Stadium this weekend. But unless that kid can kick, and you know, unless he kicks twenty or I don't know how many damn field goals he's gonna to have to kick to beat us, but I don't think he he can kick that many field goals. He's not that good. Yeah.
1: and I tell you, quite frankly, against Colorado, I hope the only I hope the only kicks Cato's doing are uh, kickoffs and extra points. He doesn't need to be kicking any field goals.
0: Got that right. Well, just for th- for those of you who are interested, dog fans, Colorado does run this kind of. They run a Single back, dual tight end, dual wide receiver set. That's their base set. They they run a lot of, like, options and stuff like that with the single receiver. A lot of, I mean, the single running back. I mean, it's not a very complicated offense. We completely mastered it last year when they had much better athletes on the field. Um, as you remember, Boise State only scored, like, six points in the first three quarters last year. And... uh and now this year he has much lower caliber of athletes. I'm really there's just not much to say, old dog, Like you said, no, they're, nobody's they're even really talking isn't. about the keys to the victory this weekend. It's it's they're the they're the worst team in division one. I. I mean I think yeah I think they're the ver- they're the worst one single A team in the in the country.
1: Oh I know. It it's you know, it's like I say, it's it's a shame that they have hit hit the skids like they have. But, yeah. uh, you know, again, you know, not really a whole lot to say. Temperature's dropping down a little bit. game is yeah. supposed to be in the 80s. Should be a beautiful day to watch a, uh, just to watch a, a An a ass kicking.
0: Yeah, an ass kicking. It's like 50 degrees outside the bump- bunker tonight, man. I mean, it's, oh, it's kind of chilly out there. It's almost jacket weather. I, I tell you what, kind of a, a quick note. I want to, I got a question, old dog. I got a poll question. We haven't done a poll in a while. Does it involve kickers
1: of the offensive line? No,
0: it doesn't involve kickers. Oh, man. It's not a punting poll. I'm out on this one. Here's the question, dog listeners, dog fans, and I want everybody to go to the website, dogcast.com, and vote in this poll. You new listeners who've never seen the poll and never put a pin in our Frapper map, this is your chance to go to dogcast.com and make a difference. Here's the question, old dog. Is this home schedule? I know that... You know, when this game was scheduled, Damon Evans wasn't even, the, uh, he wasn't even the AD when this game was scheduled. Vince Dooley actually scheduled this game when he was AD. Okay, so I know it's nobody's fault that Colorado sucks, but here's my question. Does this home schedule that we have this year, we have seven games, Western Kentucky, UAB, Colorado, Mississippi State. I want to know, does this home schedule, is this home schedule worth it? I mean, I don't know about you, old dog, but my tickets tickets cost me a total of about, I don't know, damn near five grand for four seats to seven games. I haven't done the math on that, but I'm telling you, they're pretty expensive. And I want to know, dog fans, do you think this home schedule's worth it? Is this worth the $1,200 per ticket or whatever? That's about what it is, $1,200 per season ticket. Is it worth it for $1,200 per seat to come watch Colorado and UAB and Western Kentucky and Sylvester Croom and Chan Gailey? You know, what do you guys think, man? I mean, there's, there's nothing we can do about it. It's up years, down years, that kind of thing. But I'm just interested in what people think.
1: Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that with a, with a MasterCard line. Man, sitting in Sanford Stadium on a Saturday afternoon, Watching the dogs play against whoever is priceless.
0: You're going to say, "Of course it's worth it," and obviously, yeah, I know it's worth it. But do you ever, you don't ever feel that little that little pang of, "Damn, oh, I paid yeah. twelve hundred dollars to see this <laughs> this damn stuff," you know?
1: Well, and you know, and as it shakes out, really, you know, at the beginning of the season, we said, you know, there there are four games that we've really got a chance to lose. We were talking about South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, and Auburn. Right. Uh, Florida is always down in Jacksonville, and hopefully it always will. You know, and this year, you know, other than and the other two, you know, the only the only game that we've got, you know, that I think will really be a contest for us in Sanford Stadium is going to be against Tennessee. I know. You know, the rest That's of them pretty of much under, should be cakewalks.
0: Yeah. And, I you mean, know you
1: never know about the tech game because it is a, you know, in-state rivalry, and some weird things have happened there. But, but by and large, you know, one of the four games that we've got, only one of them, uh, you know, is is in the friendly confines of Sanford Stadium.
2: Yeah,
0: I know. But I mean, you know, and you got to buy them all to get the one, you know. So, yeah,
1: and that's just the way it shakes out. That's know? just the way it shakes out. I mean, out. you know, last year, you know, last year we had, uh, last year we had Auburn and a couple other good teams then. So. You know, not a whole lot to say about that. That's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, the down SEC teams, there's not a whole lot we can do about the Mississippi States and the Mississippis and the Vanderbilt and stuff. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is.
0: Well, I just wanted to get, I want to get a feeling for what people are thinking out there. So I'm going to put the poll question up. You guys, think, tell me what you think about it. There'll be, there's also a place for comments on the poll question. A couple other things. We're going to wrap this show up, old dog. Did you know uh, next week, Georgia-Mississippi game? at 9 o'clock on the deuce, 9 o'clock on ESPN2, 9 p.m. kickoff against Mississippi. That's Eastern Standard.
1: That's Eastern Daylight Time, right? That
0: is Eastern Standard Time, the only time. Because I think
1: they're they're in that freaky Central Time.
0: Yeah, they are. Down there
1: in Mississippi, I think. Right,
0: which means it's an 8 o'clock game local. But for us, it's going to be a 9 o'clock game. And I'm not even going to talk about this. I just want to put this little nugget in the back of the Dog Nation's mind. Coach Rick has said, that Joe Terashinsky is going to be ready to play, to start the Tennessee game. He hasn't said that he's going to start, but Joe Terashinsky will be available for the Tennessee game. Dog fans, I just want to put that little nugget in the back of your head because we're going to have to talk about that later. That's a bridge we're going to have to cross. When Joe Terashinsky is healthy, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Old Dog, I know you're going to have a lot to say about that particular question. Absolutely. I just want to put that out there, baby. We're going to bring that up later, give you, leave you guys wanting something for the next time, all right? So, Old Dog, get us out of here, man. Let's wrap this show up, baby. It's almost game day.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Have you got anything <laughs> to add, Old Dog?
1: Man, that, that's it. I'm, I'm just so choked up thinking about Ralphie coming in, tearing up our field.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, we're out of here. Give them hell, he- dogs. If you would like to leave an audio comment for the Dog
2: Nation podcast, just call 706-534-1516. Sponsored by Chili's. Hurry in for Chili's new sizzle and spice selections. Come on, live a little.